0: Hello and welcome to Toho Yaro, a Japanese movie club podcast. I am your host for today, Alex Kazanis, and with us we have our usual co-hosts, Joey Weiser. Hey. And Scott Dryman. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great, Scott. I'm doing great, Joey. Uh, (laughs) Today we're going to be discussing uh, a favorite movie series of mine, or rather the first in a movie series that I happen to enjoy. It's a uh, samurai one, Musashi Miyamoto. This particular film was directed by Hiroshi Inagaki, who uh, directed a bunch of other films starring Toshiro Mifune, uh, just like this one. Uh, The Story of Osaka Castle and Chushin Gura, Hana no Maki, Yuki no Maki. Um, And I have not seen either of those movies, (laughs) but but it's uh, good to note in case uh, we want to revisit them down the line uh the stars of this movie are of course Toshiro Mifune who uh many of us uh well, all of us should be familiar with and many of our listeners hopefully uh but in case you don't know who Toshiro Mifune is he is the star of many uh, Kira Kurosawa films like uh like Seven Samurai uh and Red Beard and um uh god like i don't know i wish i had a list in front of me because it's 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 countless countless uh Kurosawa films um, <clears throat> it also stars, uh, as, as the female lead, Otsu, uh, Kaoru, Kaoru Yachigusa. Um, she has some pretty extensive credits, uh, nothing that I've seen her in, uh, but, uh, I think her first role was in Madam Butterfly, and, uh, of course, she shows up again in the sequel to this. Uh, another actor of note in this movie is, uh, Kuroemon Onoe, who plays uh, Priest Takuan, and he doesn't really have any credits outside from this film series, uh, with the exception of a few movies.
1: Yeah, you know, I actually uh, looked into this actor because a listener of ours had tweeted at us, a guy or lady, I'm not sure, uh, who goes by Moon Cabal uh, at Astrolaves, especially enjoyed uh, Onoe's performance, and... Uh, this is getting into sort of shady information (laughs) territory, because it's kind of stuff I sussed out through, like, Japanese Wikipedia, uh, using my kind of limited skills, but it seems like he was a kabuki actor. Oh. Um, and, uh, this is a little tricky, because kabuki actors passed their names down, uh, but I'm pretty sure he was the second in a line of, uh, Kuroemon Onoes, and, um... He The only real information I could get was that he lived uh, to be 82 and died in 2004 in
2: Hawaii. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I was real disappointed to, that I there's no other roles he's been in because I really love that performance as well. And I'm sad that he's not in much else aside from the sequels to this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> um, bit character Matahachi is played by a fellow named Rentaro Mikuni. And he's got a very extensive filmography. Um he actually appears in one of the Zatoichi movies. Uh as well as a, a film series called Suribaka Nishi. Um I've not seen those. Oh,
1: <laughs> the Fishery fishing uh that the fishing movies? <laughs> I,
0: I, I think so. You'd probably know it better than I would.
1: Um yeah, um, I think those are uh some movies that are at least written by Yoji Yamada, uh who who made the Torasan movies. Um and uh, and I think he maybe directs a few as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah, he's in four of those movies. So I'm not sure how many there are in the series, but uh, but he is in at least four of them. Uh, and uh, we have another familiar uh, cast member who's in this movie for a little bit, right, Joey?
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh <laughs> um yeah Dr. Sarazawa himself uh Akihiko Hirata marking our first uh Toho Yaro alumni uh returning in a in a super brief scene uh just in that scene where um Otsu's playing the shamisen uh he's the man who's like trying to guess her age towards the end um oh. so, <laughs> it's it's a really interesting like He's he's even got, like, a full name, Seijuro Yoshioka. So, like, I kind of wonder if that's, like, a character from history or folklore as well who is kind of noteworthy, making a little cameo or something.
2: So, to give some of the background on this film, it's adapted from the Aji uh, uh, Yoshikawa novel about um, Miyamoto Musashi's life. And this is kind of, like, one of the first big arcs in the book. And the second film... Uh, uh Akiko Hiro's character plays a much he's the the central antagonist
1: uh, okay.
2: to the second film. So this is all laying groundwork for the sequel.
0: Do you know much more about the novel? Because the the novel uh uh by Eiji Yoshikawa, I um I've not read it, but um I think this movie is mostly based off of that <clears throat> versus other historical uh writings.
2: Yeah, the uh the other main historical document about Musashi is the uh the Book of the Five Rings which is a book that he authored and a bunch of stuff that he wrote about his uh specific school of sword fighting but it, it the novel is real in depth and uh is loosely based on historical stuff but um it it's basically uh, once he becomes a samurai and kind of calms down he he ends up fighting a bunch of duels with people from rival sword schools and that's basically he uh I think Musashi in his lifetime won over 60 duels which is the most recorded of any samurai so uh he's is both renowned as being an amazing sword fighter but also kind of a troublemaker and uh starting a lot of rivalries
0: yeah um I didn't actually I wasn't very familiar with uh Musashi Miyamoto until I went to Japan in 2010 I was wandering around Kyoto and I stumbled upon Ichijoji temple, which is where he fought, uh, fought off 100, uh, warriors with a boken, which is actually recreated in the second movie. Uh, but according to this, uh, <laughs> Wikipedia article, um, uh, Musashi was uh, an innovator and invented the style of simultaneously welding both katana and wakizashi, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time was something that, uh, wasn't really a thing, which is kind of interesting. Uh, cuz whenever you see a uh, samurai using those two weapons at once it seems very uh you know very typical in yeah. movies and stuff uh so before i begin the synopsis does anybody have anything else uh they you know any background as to you know have you seen this movie have you uh you know any other thing anything about musashi as as a uh, as a figure that you guys want to bring up
1: uh, I had seen these movies before um a while a while ago um and uh I had sort of like held on to the netflix d v d plan uh up, <laughs> way past when it was commonplace, and kind of when I was planning on eventually chucking it i I had a few years maybe like twenty twelve through fourteen or so where I was really like loading up on trying to get as many uh movies that i had wanted to see over the years as possible. And and these were a set of movies that I rented through that. And um, yeah, you know, I must admit that they didn't particularly strike me at the time, Uh, but I enjoyed watching this a lot more this time than, than the first time around.
2: Uh, I had never seen any, uh, seen this before, but like I said, about a decade ago, I read the Musashi book, and really enjoyed it. And I'm kind of shocked that I haven't actually bothered to look into these movies because I liked that book and I like Toshiro Mifune a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, but is, uh, I'm really excited to, I haven't had the time, but I'm really excited to watch the, uh, the other two movies before they go off Hulu.
1: Yeah. I think I'd heard of, uh, Musashi Miyamoto just through like video games and, mm-hmm. and anime and stuff like that. So I, I definitely had heard of this, uh, character uh before um seeing these movies
0: yeah i had heard of the name but i didn't really uh, i didn't really get into it until uh you know my time in japan and then when i came back i immediately looked these movies up and mm-hmm. and i i uh, did the whole netflix thing and then i eventually bought these um it's a great set um really quick plug if if you uh <clears throat> if you can find it for a pretty good price um there's a Criterion set that has all three of these movies they're They're fantastic. Um, so the, uh, the release dates, by the way, of these movies, or of this particular movie, in Japan was September 26, 1954. Um, but an interesting thing that I didn't know until recently is that it was actually released in America about a year afterwards, November 18, 1955. And what's more is that it won, uh, I guess, what would be the equivalent of best uh, foreign language film at the nineteen fifty five Academy Awards. Oh wow. So, oh wow. Yeah, so that's that's definitely something to uh that's definitely a, a badge to wear proudly, I think. Um so uh so as for the plot synopsis goes, let's let's get started. Um <clears throat> so uh Takezo and Mat- Matahashi are two are two buds who live in the uh in the village of Miyamoto in sixteen hundred AD. And they, they basically want to go and be samurai. Uh, they want to take place. Uh, they want to take their place at the battle of Sekigahara. And uh, Matahashi, of course, uh, is thinking about going, but he's engaged to uh, a woman, uh, Otsu. Um, and you know, he says, "Oh well, wait for me," and she does, and he leaves. So they go and they uh, they take place. Uh, they take part in this battle and uh they're completely routed by the uh by these opposing forces and eventually uh find a house to uh heal their wounds and um and to get a meal and uh, the house is run by uh, uh an older lady and and her and her daughter who take a liking to both uh Matahashi and Takezo um Takezo, of course, is Toshiro Mifune and Matahashi is Rentaro Mikuni. And um after a while, uh some bandits show up, and uh said bandits uh ask for tribute uh from what these women have uh stripped off dead samurai, uh, which is basically their trade. And uh Takezo fights them off. The older lady um it becomes uh immediately drawn to Takezo um but of course he uh he's not interested at all and deflects her advances and when he leaves she tells uh, her her daughter that takezo tried to uh (laughs) tried to assault her and and she's the one who deflected him and he ran away so eventually uh matahashi agrees to stay with uh with the woman and her daughter and uh and escort them to uh to kyoto
1: <laughs> yeah the daughter uh this is I just, the daughter has a really funny uh little kind of like antenna hair style that would uh that amused me <laughs> when i was watching it she's uh got like kind of a short tuft of her hair that's like tightly straight up in the air i just i, just, I <laughs> thought that was really funny <laughs>
2: It's something that reminded me of there are, I don't know if it's specifically based on that or that hairstyle just happened to be a popular one from that era that shows up in other media, but uh, a lot of video game characters have that hairstyle and kind of reminds me of the, uh, the Kirin, the Japanese unicorn with the little mm. mm-hmm. uh, horn up front and then the long mane in the back. That's funny. It was interesting here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a fun thing to note actually. Oh, oh by the way, the leader of the bandits, um, his name is uh, Tsuji Tsuji Kaze, but um, I called him Captain Sideburns. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, those mutton chops are crazy, and yeah. he, he's another person that that uh, I don't know if is just kind of an archetype of dude or based on that specific character. But a lot of bandits show up with that weird mutton chop configuration and looking kind of like that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but it's interesting cuz while we're at this house uh, while while they're staying there Takezo reveals um you know reveals what he wants he wants he wants uh his name to be you know known he wants fame and he reveals that he's also the black sheep of his family he's the unruly one in a in a large in a large family of of uh of of people who are more reserved um <clears throat> Oh, also when the bandits attack, this is a fun note that he kills, he kills a bunch of them with a boken, a wooden sword, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, which is fun because this becomes his weapon of choice, uh, throughout the rest of the movie and, um, and the next movie actually. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really funny. Cause this mom is, is completely thirsty. Like after Takeza <laughs> runs out, she she immediately latches onto Matahachi and, uh, well, and the last time we see him, uh, he's escorting them and they're attacked by bandits and uh you know he immediately cowers but defends himself using a sword and and this lady is, is all up on his grill uh <laughs> to to use the term. Um <laughs> so uh so yeah Matahachi sucks. He ran he he of course knew that he was betrothed to Otsu, but uh what could he do? Uh this guy clearly gives in under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um so Anyway Takezo thinks that matahachi has deserted him completely and he uh he runs back to miyamoto village breaking through a blockade uh and uh he returns to matahachi's house to tell uh to tell mother osugi uh, his wife uh, his uh matahachi's mother and and otsu that uh matachi is indeed still alive but he doesn't have the heart to tell him to tell her uh why he's not you know why he isn't back yet um, meanwhile uh what i what I actually couldn't figure out is why um why the local lords were against uh takezo returning
2: I think it's just that he went through a checkpoint without papers and had broken the law and then just continued to beat up and murder a bunch of their people progressively as they tried to track him down for these minor grievances and it just kind of stacked up
0: yeah okay that's 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 kind of what i gathered it's not it's not really clear i guess and kind of Uh, with
1: his already reputation at least amongst his family of being a troublemaker and stuff like just things don't reflect well on him
0: right yeah, there's a lot of now, now, there's a lot of reuniting and and escaping in this movie, on and off, which I think which I've I've noticed. So, so this is where the synopsis might get a little hairy. Uh, so, um, so when he returns to Mother Otsugi's house, she gives him a bath and a meal, and naturally she doesn't believe him. So she basically calls the cops, and they uh, and and Otsu of course blames blames uh, Takezo for Matahachi running off and uh, and leaving her so uh he uh so takezo is ambushed at at the house by by the cops basically and and escapes again and uh during uh during the sort the search for him by the lord of the uh lord of the uh, the village uh he uh during which of course they use takezo's countless relatives as bait which doesn't really doesn't really phase him because he hates his family <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that would work. Um uh Otsu gets gets a letter signed by uh signed by the woman's daughter, uh the old woman, the thirsty old woman, <laughs> saying that uh Matsuhashi has has Matahachi has gone off with her. Uh he he'd been talking in her his sleep and mentioned her, so uh she felt that she needed to send her a letter saying don't wait for him, he's with me now. And of course, she's she's completely broken, which is um which you'll find is a character trait of hers in the in the movie. <laughs> So uh when he uh w- while he's out in the wilderness he hasn't eaten for days. Um Takezo comes across uh Takuan Soho, the Buddhist priest of the village who is uh camping out with with Otsu. And um Takuan is a very cool character. He's he's basically like a Jedi master. <laughs> uh, he's he's he he basically he looks at this kid and he's like uh you know what i think i can make a I can make a decent person out of him so he uses every technique in the book basically to 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 get or to get takezo on his side um, once he's captured uh he gets uh takezo gets hung up in a tree for countless days um you know uh the, the thing that you got to know about Takezo is that he's a very rambunctious, rowdy character. And um, while he's up there in the tree, he has a heart to heart talk with, with the priest um, who says tomorrow I'm going to behead you. Um, and, uh, and that's that. So you better, you, you'd better <laughs> pray.
1: Yeah. Takuan's interesting because he is this sort of like enlightened monk character, but he's pretty harsh. You know, he's, he's tough.
2: Yeah. The, I like, Takwan is probably my favorite character in the whole – in the novel and and in this movie because that performance is so good. But he's he's really interesting and is based – like Musashi on an actual historical character who by all accounts was also like very smart and had a dry sense of humor and was very witty. And uh, was – he ended up uh, being the advisor and mentor to a ton of different daimyo and people – who taught different sword schools and was just a super incredibly famous monk, uh, in real life. And I'm, I'm glad that it, that, uh, he, he reflects his real life persona so well in this film. Um, but yeah, that the scene on the tree is really interesting because he's trying to get, uh, uh, get Takezo to actually like realize the value of his own life. Whereas, Takezo is just running around like a wild animal at this point and he wants fame, but he doesn't, he doesn't in the end care about what happens to him. And it's not until he gets Takeso to admit that he wants to live and values his own life that, uh, that he considers the lesson done, but then kind of jokingly tells him he's going to come cut his head off the next day.
0: <laughs> yeah. I-, I love that scene. Um, it's such a, it's, 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 that's the threshold of, of, character of takezo i think um he's basically literally he's literally at the end of his rope (laughs) and um and to admit something like that is a is a big character change uh and it's so funny because before that he's like oh i'm a samurai and takwon's like oh you're a samurai huh (laughs) and it's he's basically just it's a word that he's just kind of throwing around without uh thinking about what being a samurai actually means Mm uh it's you know it's more about just fight it's more about fighting it's uh, or it's more than just fighting, rather um so uh soon after they have this dialogue, Otsu cuts him down and uh and they both escape together uh but soon after they both get captured again, and uh or rather she gets captured, and takeza uh, thinks to himself, well, I guess I better save Otsu, she saved my life, so I better repay the favor and uh when he uh, goes to look for her, he finds out that she's been taken to uh, to Himeji Castle, which which he climbs. He climbs the castle, which is <laughs> ri- completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And uh, almost as if Takuan knew which where he would be going, uh, he enters a room with a crap ton of books and is locked in there. And Takuan says, "I'm not going to let you out until you've read all these books," and You've enlightened yourself. And uh, then we're treated to a really cool scene uh, where well, Otsu, of course, is in on this, and she acknowledges that she's going to wait for Takezo because she's in love with him. And uh, there's this really neat scene, this this passage of time, where you see all the different seasons changing over the course of three years. Um, and at the end of the film, uh, much like an anime time skip, uh, Takezo. <laughs> Uh, is released and um he's got a brand via... new outfit. He's got a brand new outfit, he's mm. clean shaven. Uh he's he's a bit older and uh he's um he's given his name visa via committee and takuan uh musashi miyamoto um miyamoto because he's from the village uh Miyamoto. And um not quite sure where the Musashi comes from, but I think it's Musashi and Takezo are derived from the same kanji, I believe.
2: Yeah, you can read them the and
0: either way.
1: Takuan refers to him as Musashi earlier on in the film, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting and didn't quite understand <laughs> why. I, yeah, I saw Yeah.
0: I saw Yeah, I saw that on the sign like uh, you know, wanted dead or alive Mus- or wanted alive or whatever Musashi. And um and I was thinking that might be just a translation error. Hmm. Uh if you can read both both yeah. Takezo and Musashi from the same kanji.
1: Yeah. Hmm. that's um, interesting.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So after, after he's uh, set free, um, he wishes to see Otsu, um, Takuan Takuan says you can if you want, but, uh, but basically your goal is to break from the past, um, and to move forward and, um, which is basically the, the, the theme of the whole movie. Um, and, uh, so when, when he does meet Otsu, um, she sort of she says, you know, well, I'm coming with you no matter what and he's like, "All right." And so she goes to pack. Uh she comes back. He's not there anymore. He's he's left the bridge where they met. And uh and he and he left a a message, "Forgive me." So that's the end of the movie. And it sets up the second movie because, well, he walks into the sunset like a like a, <laughs> like a samurai.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like that uh, during his naming committee, they actually it, he, uh, the Lord asks him why he's not going to stay with them. He's because he's not experienced enough. And he, he literally says, you know, just go out and learn stuff, then come back.
0: Yeah. He's become, he's, he's completely become such a humbled person. Uh, by, by this point in the movie, it's almost, it's almost, um, a little disappointing that we didn't get to see, uh, this, you know, three years, but I guess, you know, shots of him reading books aren't exactly the, <laughs> the, uh. Most, uh,
2: the reveal after the three-year time skip when it's showing the all these samurai gathered around and some kind of ceremony and it pans out and then at the very back he's just sitting there in that new outfit looking like a respectable person is, is just such a cool reveal mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh let me ask you a question actually uh scott uh now um the book the book obviously covers covers more than just this particular film but uh are there any noticeable differences that
2: you noticed? I, it's been so long since I read it and I can't really uh, – uh, like beat for beat, I can't remember if there are any major departures. Uh, I do remember uh, feeling both a lot of uh, sympathy and hatred for Matahachi throughout the series. And I think uh, this first movie, even though it's just the first one, does a pretty good uh, job of that, making you like feel kind of sympathetic for him for – uh being kind of in these bad situations, but at the same time he keeps putting them himself in these situations, so then you get angry at him once more so I found that that uh rang pretty tr- pretty true to my remembrance of the of the book
0: oh okay, very cool oh uh, oh, so what did you guys think of the film? I guess that's a good question
1: <laughs> uh i i like it uh i wouldn't say i'd say that I like it I don't love it like um and I think it's uh, – I, th- I think a big part of that is just the fact that uh, this is such an early film and based off of such a sort of blueprint type story that there's so much that comes after that takes it and and creates uh, sort of what I think of as more interesting uh, swordsman type movies. Uh, so I don't know. I, I – I I don't mean to sound negative on it. I'm just kind of like, while I'm lukewarm on it, I'm definitely warm on it. I definitely like (laughs) it, you know. Um, I found myself most invested in Takezo and Matahachi's relationship and their relationships with the women in their lives. Uh, I thought it would be sort of interesting how two characters would, or like a character would have romantic feelings for one, and then it sort of shift over time, things like that. Um, I remember when I first saw the movie... My nickname for this series, the whole series actually, <laughs> is "Everything Sucks for Otsu" because <laughs> everything really sucks for Otsu, and it's, it it's does. it sucks because it's like even in her moments of heroism and strength, she's like injured or abandoned, uh, and it's real rough, which is a reflection of both the the cultural place for women at both like the time that the movie is set and the time that the movie was filmed. But uh, you know that you know that's hard to hard to see, but it definitely. Uh, I do. I kind of want to go back and watch the other two movies too, because I know it just kind of like the general feeling I get is that they get better and better from this point.
0: Yeah, um, they do. Uh, Out of the three, this is my least favorite one. I'll Mm -hmm. be honest, just because it's this is such a first act, like, and it's and it's an hour and a half long first act. Like, I almost turned on the second one right after I watched this, (laughs) just because I well, I prefer the second. I the third is my favorite. Um, Because it has uh, some of the best, like it has like one of the best sword fighting scenes I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, this is this is basically the first act of a three act play, so it's it's hard to really really give this one a completely fair shake. But for what it is, I think it has some really great moments. I think it's shot beautifully. Yeah, Um, that's one of the things I I I can say about uh, Inagaki's um, like style is that his I love his he he focuses a lot. on on the nature uh, aspect of of uh of like the settings
1: mm-hmm. the music's uh, really great too
0: yeah yeah the music um the that <laughs> the main theme is very it's it's very epic sounding uh uh Ikuda, ikuma, Dan, Dan, uh, ikuma Dan is his mm-hmm. name he he's the one who composed the music and he also composed a couple other uh movies for uh, inagaki as well
2: uh, i enjoyed the movie a a lot it wasn 't what i had been expecting, uh, mostly because it really is just the first act of a, of a bigger story. So I was, uh, kind of confused and I was like, man, we've, we're a long time and he's not even a, a real samurai yet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, kind of, it dawned on me like that was this whole first film. And, uh, and there's not a lot of sword fighting in it. Like, um, uh, Japanese film genres uh, there's Jidageki, which is like historical and a subgenre of that is the chambara sword movies and this is very much the former rather than the latter mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of sword fight or, or fight scenes but they're not heavily choreographed like we expect from later movies and it really is m- much more about the uh the interpersonal drama and everything
1: yeah. The story focus isn't like, what is he going to do about the strong opponent, you know, or something oh, yeah. like that. Um, yeah.
2: But, uh, but that said, even though that I, this chunk of narrative, I don't think well constitutes a complete movie. I feel like the, the way the movie looks is amazing. And all the individual performances I really like, I love Toshir Mafune and everything he's in. Um, and uh, uh, Marahachi's mother, uh, Osugi. Yeah, uh, I really liked her performance as as a kind of sweet and then cranky old lady. I like the the uh battlefield robber woman, uh, Otsu. I think uh, the beginning of the movie is real weird because they seem to do a lot of uh uh overdubbing of her dialogue in those first couple of scenes, but uh, as the movie goes on, her performance is really good. I just like i enjoy all the component parts of this, but it really does have me wishing that the uh or i mean really wishing that I had time to watch the other two movies immediately afterwards
0: yeah mm-hmm. i can i can definitely uh, i can definitely feel that um regarding Otsu, there is um there's a particular scene that I thought. Uh, was really powerful. And that was the scene where uh, Takezo's is taking a bath, and she's on the other side, um, basically telling telling him how bitter she is over the fact that mm-hmm. you know Matahachi chose him over her. Um, it, it's I don't know, kind of a, a she's. I think she's a pretty great actress, and she does really well what she does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the Takuan. Now he's he, he is definitely he is definitely an interesting character like uh, and very likable. Uh, I I love the the hard old master archetype, and mm-hmm. it's and as Joey said, it's funny because he is he is very um, very kind hearted and warm when you when you see him at first, but but I think it's 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 a. Uh, yeah, you, you kind of need, you need both, both sides of that coin. It it just proves how wise that, that person is. Um, you mentioned, uh, Mother Osugi, uh, the actor, I didn't name her actress early because, you know, she's sort of a big character, but her, her, uh, the actress is Aiko Miyoshi and she has a very extensive, uh, filmography in terms of playing old women. Um, and, uh, she is in a bunch of mo- movies with Mufune in them. She's in Throne of Blood. She's in uh, Hidden Fortress. Um, she's in. Uh, she's actually uh, in another Kurosawa film, Ikiru, which I think we're going to do at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's she's just uh, she's an old woman playing old women. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. She's also she's also in the second one. A lot of a lot of the characters return in the second mm-hmm. film.
1: Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to try to make time, even though we're not going to cover them in the immediate future, uh, I'm going to try to make time pretty soon to watch the other two. Because I'm getting that same feeling like Scott was describing, <laughs> wanting to yeah. watch the, the next two.
0: Yeah, I feel like we probably should have watched all three before <laughs> <of> this particular <laughs> podcast, but but that's not the way we're doing things on Toho Yaro. Yeah, not I'd like yet. to go,
2: go ahead and recommend to... Uh, anybody listening right now that you should watch those movies just based on what I know about those parts from the book, because uh, uh, the character that uh, Akihiko Hirata plays uh, Seijuro is a really great villain. And then uh, the, the duel between uh, Musashi and Sasuke in the, in the third film is one of my favorite, like samurai stories that I've, I've read. So
0: yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, Kojido versus Musashi is is, uh, it's one of the more famous samurai stories, and um, God, there's this really. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but there's, uh, it's just one of the best, like the coolest looking battles I've seen in a movie, like a duel, very cool. cool. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, we can talk about the music for a sec. Uh, ikamadan um, he composed the theme and the rest of the the. You know the movie's music, um, which uh, you know I thought was very appropriate, but the theme really stick sticks with you.
1: yeah, it's mm. it's great.
0: It is, yeah, and it's it carries through throughout the, the rest of the movies as well, which which ultimately really makes this first movie seem like just the first part of a first act of a movie.
2: Which I I believe the movies came out uh, one year after the other, so I think they probably filmed them as like just all back to back. Mhm. And so, so it's not that surprising. And 1954 is still fairly early in cinema, so they may have been feeling out how to do these kinds of series.
1: Yeah, later on, they could have. They may have released like two or three within the same year. uh, Yeah. (laughs) The Japanese were going.
0: They definitely could have. Um, (laughs) So it's funny that this movie was released in America like a year afterwards, Mm -hmm. Um, and the second movie came out in Japan. This, you know, the following year these movies were pretty much filmed back to back but the the American the American release for the second movie didn't come out until 1967 and the third one wasn't even released in the states at all
1: it's interesting huh. that you mentioned those American releases cuz on the Jap- or on the uh, Wikipedia article there is a credit for an uh, English narrator for the American version yeah. and i yeah. didn't notice did you guys notice in the, at least on the, I was watching on Hulu, that there were some sections where there was narration in subtitles, but nothing being spoken on the screen?
2: Yeah, I think the beginning was to give historical context to people who n- might not have known what the year 1600 in Japan was mm-hmm. really all about. And uh, the I feel like they maybe thought uh, people would be confused about the, the passage of time during yeah, the, yeah. the later time skip, so... I'm-
1: I'm just curious. I I guess I should have actually done research about this, (laughs) but I've, I've been curious about whether or not that was taken directly from that old narration or not.
0: Yeah. I wish I had kind of done the same because I wonder if there was a dub of this.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's hard to
0: say. Um, Uh, did you guys have any favorite parts of the movie? Favorite scenes?
2: Uh, I had – so I had, there's a bunch of stuff I really liked. But uh, something that uh, – there are a lot of horses in this movie, <laughs> um, which during that opening battle scene, there's a pretty great just wide shot of all of the the samurai on horses charging. That's really neat. And then later uh, Takazo is uh, on a horse uh, riding around with the daughter. And something that I thought was really entertaining was th- they have – three different shots that they use for that horse riding scene mm. uh where they're both on it going fast uh some of them it's it's uh two real people on the horse and it's a wide shot some of them it's a person holding a like dummy for some of the more aggressive scenes and then mm. there's a third close up shot where it's uh, the two actors on a station. What looks like is, is probably a stationary horse on a cart. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 like the attempt to, of, the, uh, dynamism in that scene a lot, even if it's, uh, by today's eyes is a little goofy, but I never uh, noticed
0: I, the dummy actually. That's interesting.
2: And in
1: some of the like way far away shots, I think. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they try in this in this film, like uh, trying to add dynamism to that scene. The beginning battle scene, there's a lot of uh, special effects lightning that they added to it that oh, yeah. is, is an interesting choice. And like I said, by today's eyes, it looks a little goofy, but I think it was a uh, good addition to the scene to try to set the mood.
1: Yeah. I love um, seeing that kind of handcrafted effects and stuff, though. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. Like Godzilla.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, and that lightning. <laughs> but just like that lightning, I remember seeing that and being like, "Oh man, that looks really cool." I mean, it looks super fakey, but like, it looks cool, uh, stylistically.
0: Yeah, I couldn't help but think like what this battle scene would look like if it were shot now. Mm-hmm. Like if if uh, God forbid these movies were remade, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot more frenetic
2: be,
1: cutting.
0: Yeah, for sure. Although I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to seeing um, like a Japanese remake of of this of these movies or this story. hmm Which is a retelling of it. Um, just because I think this is the only I think this is the only one of the only movies I think have that have been made about Musashi. Um I haven't really looked looked it up, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah,
2: he shows up in a bunch of other media, but I'm not aware of any other uh, like live action films.
1: Uh I wanted to and uh, give kind of a shout out to to that same listener that tweeted at us, uh, Moon Cabal. And this is going to uh, segue into my favorite uh, aspect of the film. Um, they compared uh, Musashi Miyamoto to Davy Crockett, uh, which I thought was a kind of interesting and funny comparison, uh, yeah. saying that they're both uh, big time folk heroes, um, and, and you know that there's media made about them in the '50s and. Uh, I can definitely see where they got this idea from because uh, the environments uh, and some of the shots like really give that sort of old American frontier vibe. Mm. And uh, to the point where I, you know, thinking back about this tweet, I was thinking that it would be pretty funny to like and uh, to like cut some video clips from Samurai from the, the Samurai movie to the uh, old Davy Crockett theme, you know, <laughs> <Him> <laughs> riding around on a horse in the countryside. But what I was, uh, but yeah, one of my favorite aspects of this that I'd like to talk about is just the environments in the film. Uh, I thought it was really gorgeous to look at both the, the natural landscapes, which uh, definitely bring me back to American Western films and frontier films uh, of that same era, and the man made sets, uh, like the one in the scene at night where Takuan is cooking and Otsu is playing the flute uh, that we mentioned earlier. Um, I think that this is a particularly beautiful scene just with the flute playing and, and everything. But this handmade aspect of the set uh, is super um, endearing to me. And uh, yeah, I just I love uh, looking at these beautiful environments that they've set it in. There's a there's a, a really great shot of uh, Takezo standing in front of a waterfall at one point as well.
2: Yeah, the the transition from the, like, lush scene before that to the waterfall was just super gorgeous, and mm-hmm. I had it down in my notes.
0: Uh, one shot that I really liked in particular, um, I even drew it in my notebook because I liked the composition of it. Um, it's when uh, Takezo's tied up to that gigantic tree, and uh, Takuan is right below him, and there's this really—it's just a really nice shot of— um, the entire wide shot of, of him <clears throat> looking up at him uh, in the courtyard.
2: It's, yeah, that... It's
1: oh, go
0: ahead. Like it, no, it's just that the composition of it is just beautiful. I loved it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I love that whole courtyard area. I just get the impression that that's a real place somewhere, not just like a, a set that they created or anything. But there are a lot of really nice... Uh, shots of it, like in the beginning when they're both up in that tree, just kind of hanging out watching the procession of people. Um, My favorite specific shot in the movie is, uh, and I have to thank uh, one of our uh, respondents on Twitter, uh, Joshua Pong, for having me keep an eye out for this when he was talking about the natural lighting in a lot of the scenes, uh, was when... Uh, Takezo comes back to the empty house where they had been hanging out with the mother and daughter. And uh, it's sunset and he's just walking through this uh, darkened kind of ruined house with light pouring in through the the windows and doors and the side just looked really amazing.
0: Um, A slope battle uh, towards the end of the movie where um, they capture Otsu. Um, where he's fighting everybody on that giant hill. That mm-hmm. must have been extremely hard to film. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the actors, I mean, like, because that looked like a very steep hill, and I was wondering, like, oh, I wonder how many takes they got this in.
1: <laughs> yeah, all with those like flimsy sandals and stuff. Yeah.
2: Um, something that stood out to me that like I I was shocked at the amount of like uh, Toshirô Mifune beefcake in the movie like especially with the scene when he gets out of the bath and is just fighting a bunch of dudes off with a loincloth <laughs> that like uh, it's I, I'm he's regarded as a very handsome man but those scenes are are pretty great and there's a lot of other stuff with him just like looking real buff and handsome uh, is it's really funny though because uh, he looks so different when he's clean-shaven versus when he's scruffy yeah and so it's it's a real big distinction just kind of like And I I guess it it seems even different the way he emotes, uh, whether or not he's got any facial hair going on to me. Um, One other thing I meant to uh, mention earlier that I forgot is uh, Taquan also uh, being this like weird historical polymath also has a Daikon uh, pickle named after him.
1: Oh, Oh. that's cool. Yeah. Wow. That's like the most fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) The most fun fact give it a ribbon yeah
0: a blue ribbon for funnest fact (laughs) (laughs) well cool um well i guess that wraps up this discussion right um i wish i wish we could discuss more but this is such a um as far as as this movie series go this is definitely the one that that is the the, um well you know it's the lightest i think Mm -hmm. in terms of because it's you know it's it's an introduction to this character and how he became who he became um, or at the at the very least the the beginning of that particular story, um, but uh you know hopefully in the future we'll talk about the other two films. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh in uh in regards to to this podcast, uh, what do we have going on for the month of October, Joey?
1: October we will be watching 1977's House, uh directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. And uh, yeah, it's October. It's Halloween month. And I don't know about you guys, but my favorite thing to do uh, in October is cram in as many weird old horror movies as I can. (laughs) And this is one of the weirdest uh, of the weird. Uh, It's probably my favorite. Um, I'm really, really excited about watching it again and talking about it with you guys. I actually watch it every (laughs) year over Halloween. But um, and uh, yeah, this is this movie is pretty fairly easy to come by it's there's a criterion release so it's available on hulu for the time being uh which i do actually want to mention um i don't have i didn't see any exact dates but i saw mentioned on hulu's on uh criterion site that they said that they'd be their movies would be on hulu into november so i'm not sure if that's early mid or late november but uh sometime in november all of hulu's catalog will be or all of uh criterion's catalog will be leaving hulu so now is uh, an excellent time to watch all of the samurai trilogy and house and ikiru which is coming up uh an episode coming up as well as you know any other criterions you can get in uh, i personally recommend the zatoichi series uh, the i'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, in the in the near future as well um and yeah so yeah but for now uh, definitely watch house
0: yeah, I'm I'm in particular looking forward to watching it. Uh I've heard it I've heard uh so many good things about it from a lot of my friends and uh and this is just going to give me a really great excuse to watch it, which is I think the reason that we started this podcast anyway.
1: Cool. I um, was I was a little worried that all three <laughs> of us had already seen it. So I'm looking forward to I my favorite I wish I could watch it with you, Alex. Cuz my favorite thing to do is watch it with people who've never seen it before.
0: But, well, uh. that might well <laughs> you're going to be in town for SPX next month so that yeah might be, uh that might be something that we can arrange if Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. We uh
1: I did want to mention that in our plugs uh that the Small Press Expo, SPX, a comics uh festival will be in Bethesda, Maryland. Um what is that September 17th through 18th and all three of us will be there in some capacity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: I will be tabling for sure. And Alex and Scott, you'll you'll both be there as well, right? Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: I'll be there,
2: wandering around buying stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, I'm not exhibiting this year, but I live five minutes away, and I've <laughs> uh, and I've made a point to be around for that weekend. So I'll yeah. Be there. So
1: if we have any listeners, nice. come by my table, and mm-hmm. say hi, and maybe I can point out the uh, the other two Toho guys somewhere in the building.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll do autographs for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Bring us your favorite movie. We'll deface it.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good lead into plugs. If you have, uh, if if you want to keep continuing to plug, sure.
1: Stuff, uh, follow me on Twitter at Joey Wiser uh, and uh, JoeyWiser.tumblr.com. Um, Merman is a graphic novel series that I write and draw. Uh, books one through four are out in hardcover right now, and the soft covers are just starting to come out. Uh, now is the time to pre-order Volume Two, which will be uh, coming out in December merman was just awarded a quote book all young georgians should read which was a very cool uh thing but even if you don't live in georgia uh you should pick it up and try it out um and i wanted to mention that toho yarrow has a twitter account um at toho yarrow um we're starting to get more and more uh listener interaction which i think is totally awesome uh as we did in this episode we started to kind of like let help that like inform our show a little bit um i am starting to collect um listener suggestions uh, for films which will eventually start dropping into our schedule um and i i would be interested in hearing uh about any ideas that listeners have for how we could maybe incorporate questions or comments into the show um i don't know we haven't really discussed this the three of us uh yet but like <laughs> i don't i've been thinking about it a little bit and i don't think it's super feasible to like necessarily have direct questions about the films we're reviewing since our recording schedule is uh sort of unpredictable but uh maybe we could have a section of the podcast devoted to just sort of general comments on previous films or about any sort of questions or comments that listeners want to have so uh mailbag no yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'd I'd be up for hearing any suggestions that listeners have. Maybe a hashtag that they can use to to sort that uh, out or something like that. Uh, there's also a if you know. So our main interaction is through uh, Twitter, and that's kind of what's easiest for us. But I know not everyone's on Twitter. There is a toho Yarrow at gmail dot com email address, which none of us are checking at the moment, but um we can fix that but we can start um so you know i we won't necessarily uh be looking at it all the time but maybe before recording sessions or something like that so like if you want to reach out to us and you're not on twitter uh give us an email Uh, so just tweet at us uh and we'll uh start reading listener feedback on the show and we're on itunes how about that you guys (laughs) yeah yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, please rate and review. I know that that's a thing that podcasts like.
0: <laughs> no, no, we definitely like that, actually. It definitely helps us if you re- re- uh, review us and rate us. Um, we could definitely use that.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. It helps others find the show, and it helps us know uh, how you're feeling about the show and stuff. So uh, please please do, and subscribe.
2: Yep. Uh, I'm... Vriska chat on Twitter, V R A excuse me. V R I S K A chat. Uh I'm real busy with stuff right now. I'm gonna be a Dragon Con in about a, well, crap. I just realized I don't know when this when exactly this is coming out. It's coming out. Uh, let, me, first. <laughs> let me start over. Uh you can find me at Friska Chat, V-R-I-S-K-A Chat. Uh, when this comes out, I will probably be at DragonCon. So if you're there and happen to be listening to this for some reason, uh, I'm a big tall blonde guy, find me and say hi. Uh, I don't have much else going on, though.
0: All right. Uh, and you can find me at dude exclamation, all one word, on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Vine. Um, september let's see i uh i of course will be at spx uh walking around uh so as joey said look for joey and you know we will eventually show up <laughs> <laughs> um and uh if you're if you live in the washington dc baltimore area uh please come to super art fight uh baltimore, um saturday september 24th um i'm not sure whether or not i'm going to be on that show yet Cross your fingers, but either way, you should come to it. Uh, for more information, go to superartfight.com. And uh, that about does it for me. So uh, for, uh, for Toho Yarrow, I'm Alex Kazanas.
1: I'm Joey Weiser.
2: And I'm Scott Dryman.
0: And we'll see you next month for Hausu!